Betches Media presents... I would like to speak to America's men for one minute. That slacker barista. I start getting full of emotion. Now we're going to build this new bridge here. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No, I can't. Betches Up Podcast. Like, how are people surviving? Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Sage. And I'm Elise Morales. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. First topic uh, today just had me had me wondering, are, are your home's FBI search ready? If you heard the FBI knock at your door in a friendly manner, would you bug out and go to hide stuff? Or would you feel like, my home is FBI ready? My home's FBI ready. I, think. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. do they care about weed? That's the thing. I don't think so. That's really the only thing. I, know, <laughs> I would like, still yeah. always run to hide that. Now that I weed is too, legal in New York, um, no. no, but this is the I, federal I, bureau. This is the federal bureau. Of but we're in New York, and you're allowed yeah. to possess it, aren't you? Mm-hmm. I would maybe, maybe that's Joe's flush uh, that argument. Down the, I would maybe flush down any potential, potential anything in that realm of of mind altering substance. Flush down the toilet just to be safe. Maybe throw out you know previously used paraphernalia. But like, I'm trying to think like. Yeah, so I don't have any classified documents personally, so I really don't <laughs> think um yeah, I really I'm not worried about um anything. On occasion, I'll say it. On occasion, I'll have some mushrooms. So maybe I would throw those away. Yeah. I mean, you know, those are Don't easy come to for me now, of. FBI. Yeah. <laughs> don't knock I'm knocking down my door for like one mushroom cap, please. <laughs> maybe, maybe, uh, maybe just like flush those down, throw them out the window. Yeah. Possession is I, nine tenths of the law, I think. Is that yeah, true? that's my thing. Is like if I saw I looked through my peephole and they were like, it's the FBI, I'd be like, Oh, hold on. And then I would probably flush the mushrooms and then but I don't you even don't have, have to any let right them now. in. You don't have to let them in without yeah, that's a search the warrant. Other thing. Also um, what I'm thinking though is what would you rather what would you be more afraid of the FBI searching? Your search history or your home? I mean I'm not searching anything that embarrassing, though I'm sure if they had my entire search history, they could put together like a dossier on me of some <laughs> kind. So like I wouldn't like the FBI to like reveal how much I like look at my like ex's wife's Instagram or whatever. Like, <laughs> okay, so, fair. Like, so just embarrassment, not yeah, legal issues. Like, exactly. I don't think that it would really be a legal situation. They could potentially find information that I would find like mildly embarrassing. Um but I'm not too worried about them knocking on my door. I got to be honest. Yeah. I mean, again, lack of classified documents definitely helps. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely, uh, I would definitely probably prefer them looking in my, I, I don't know. I'm not searching for anything crazy anyway. Also, I have no shame. I don't care. But everything uh, I search for is explained by my job. Right. So that to me is like, and and everything even I do search for is for, for assassinating my job. a former president. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean even most things I search like are for, in some way. Like that's all I do is my job. So do you think like, that you Joe know. had anything to hide before? Like, because what we're talking about today is that uh, on Friday 
President Biden invited the FBI. They're like, you know what? Let's sort this out. You can come on over and search through all of my shit, literally all of it at my home. Take whatever is classified that you find. Uh, no problem. Do we think he had any 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 bongs to hide? Oh no! Oh no! no. He probably like. He probably had a bunch of like Hubbles or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that Joe is at an age where like he can eat a piece of candy that's too strong. Like he'll be like, this chocolate was like, oh, oh I feel weird. <laughs> he just had to get Major out of there so that he wouldn't attack any yeah. of the FBI agents. The thing yeah. with Biden's house is that when you're that old, you collect a lot of stuff. Very true. And he does – he's probably done a million things that are just like wild and with so many celebrities and so many people. So his house is yeah. probably not FBI ready just because the range of things in it must just be so large. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, have you – if you've ever like cleaned out like a grandparent's house, like it's just – Endless. Yeah. Right. You just find something. It's like, and then I was talking about how Marilyn Monroe really died. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. There is also, I feel like, <laughs> between Hunter and all the young grandkids, maybe there's like a box with like some old crusty weed in the back of like a shoe box <laughs> that they like, that is like the cousin's uh, yeah. Thanksgiving weed that they smoke. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> I have to tell you, my, my, um, my mom once gave me like an old like little Bottega pouch that my grandmother had and in I must have been like I was right out of college and I found the end of a joint in it. That and is I iconic. I showed my mom – wait, it gets better. I showed my mom and she framed it. So like in a- – <laughs> With the clutch or no? No, just the, the yeah, end of the use joint. The clutch. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know where that is but oh maybe God. I'll find Finding it. Finding the end of a joint at Joe's house – I mean like you're saying, the FBI conducted a 13-hour sh- search of Joe Biden's Delaware home at his own invitation and authorities had, quote, full access to the president's home which included personally handwritten notes – Files, papers, binders, memorabilia, to-do lists, schedules, and reminders going back decades. I mean, this is an 80-year-old man searching an 80-year-old man's house for 13 hours. This is this is my last question that I'm genuinely curious about your answers. If you were in the FBI, would you rather be on the search team for Mar-a-Lago or Joe Biden's Wilmington home? Mar-a-Lago, hands Mar-a-Lago, down. Mar-a-Lago, yeah. That's, that's, that's where it's going to be juicy. Not me. I just want gentle. I just want to go through this gentle family man's... <laughs> Oh my God! Imagine shoeboxes full of pictures. Amanda, you could be walking out of Mar-a-Lago with your pockets full of gold bars. That's Why very true. Why would you not want to be searching Mar-a-Lago? Or a story for a book that would pay your bills for life. Yeah, Mar-a-Lago would be so much more interesting. If I'm in the FBI, I did it because I want to bust doors down and be like, "Give me all this stuff. I'm here with the FBI." I don't want to be like <laughs> invited into the home and it's like, "No, here you are." I want. Yeah. I want to be like. Put your hands up. Like, <laughs> oh, no. I'm looking purely as myself. I would want to – I don't want to be in the FBI at all. No, but, I personally yeah, don't want to be in the yeah. FBI. But if I were if a version of myself that wanted to be in the FBI, I certainly am there because I want to be do it. I want to be like, I'm here representing the Federal Bureau and flashing mm-hmm. my badge. And I'm, go- I'm yeah. going full cop I, yeah. in that scenario, Definitely. I guess. I don't want to really be like imposing. It me, I guess. <laughs> Mar-a-Lago would be so fascinating to see. It would search. be like I mean, you might have to like wear many wear masks. A mask. <laughs> I was thinking like, like you might kind of find a dead body. You might yes. find like some chemical like, who the fuck knows what you're gonna find? And petrified fire McDonald's. arms. Like I would be tapping on the walls, like mm. 
Yeah. I yes, wouldn't yes. just I wouldn't just like stop at the closets. I would bring like a flamethrower. Flame, yeah. Is that what it's called? A, a torch and like a, a, a lock cutter. It would be so much fun. Wow. This, yeah. Why is this my fantasy? You're so right because <laughs> Joe Biden's would also just be like, you just bored to be like looking around, looking around and then you come upon like a box of sympathy letters for your two children that have died <laughs> and your former right. wife. Like, kids artwork cute but not mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. you know i want to go right. i want to find like notes letters like pictures information on the president of france because remember <laughs> yeah. donald, one of the things donald trump had was like a binder marked information on the president of france that's juicy that's what that's I true and you know we have already done the work i think of you know how how this is not great for joe but does dramatically contrast with the situation with president trump but you know Evidently, this search turned up yet more classified documents, and it's the first time since November that classified records or material has been found, have been found at private addresses of Biden's. So they're not disclosing what they found, but it came from Biden's time in the Senate and his time as vice president. As we know, Attorney General Merrick Garland earlier this month appointed a special counsel to investigate Biden's retention of these records after he was vice president. So he's inviting the FBI to come look at them. There is like I mean, I try to take in every defense of Biden or explanation of Biden with a grain of salt. Like, I found myself over the weekend being like, well, everything's overclassified. And it's like, well, if Trump said that, I would be like, you know, screw you. But like you said, this is a man who has been in public life for a very long time. It seems to be... It seems to be understood that members of government who have access to this information may accidentally uh, bring it home with them. And that's why there are processes to get it back immediately and see if there was any damage. And the difference, obviously, is that Biden has been cooperative every step of the way and Trump resisted it in a criminal manner. Right. I think the real thing to 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 paint this as is not like the holding of the documents, but it is the hostage taking yeah. of the documents and the fact that what he had were things that the National Archives noticed were missing, that they were looking for. There were also top secret documents that were like in this mix and like cl- – so classification obviously is multiple levels. I hear myself sounding like I'm justifying it, but the truth is that he held large numbers of documents that pe- that the National Archives wanted were, – noticed were missing hostage for like a year. So that mm-hmm. is the real scandal. Absolutely. Yeah, it's – I mean, there's just a different in difference in intent, I think, between the Biden and Trump documents. The Biden documents are from his vice presidency. They're from his time in the Senate. They're not from his presidency, which, like, has a different, like, <laughs> Donald Trump owed those documents to the National Archives. Uh, that The National Archives was reaching out to him. But at the same time, Every single time I go to write the newsletter and there's a new batch of Biden documents that have come out, I'm like, this is getting, yeah, this is getting really ridiculous and to be a lot. And I mean, it's tough to say what like could have, should have, would have or whatever, but it does feel like maybe this thorough investigation or searches should have just happened right after the first batch was found. Because I think every mm-hmm. single time a new batch is found. We can harp on the differences in the case every once in a while. But as we know, like the broad strokes are the things that really make an impact. And it's not good that they keep finding more documents at his different locations. And then it's like, um, you know, they one of the things is like it's completely inappropriate for Donald Trump to have classified documents at his beach house, you know, and then it's like, okay, well, there are classified documents at Biden's beach house again. 
I do think there's a difference in intent. I think there's a difference in handling. Um, but it in is number. hard to imagine. Yeah, the number is huge. The We don't actually know what types of documents really yet were like that Biden has versus what Trump had. But it doesn't look great. And it's becoming a big mess. And it definitely has handed the House Republicans their first investigation. And it's one that, you know, they were headed towards doing a bunch of Hunter Biden stuff that I think was going to look really, really silly and make them look really, really silly. And this definitely has a more serious sheen to it as like a real investigation. Um, And it gives them I don't know. It, it hands them a way to look serious, even though they're not serious. And that is very annoying. Yeah, you completely encapsulated the whole problem with it. Mm-hmm. Just that is exactly the problem. It's a huge political problem, even if you can make a case for why it's not like necessarily a huge national security problem. Yeah. We all know your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. Sometimes what starts as a bad hair day quickly turns into a bad everything else day. I'd never found beauty products that really understood my needs, but ever since I switched to custom hair and skin routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Healthier hair and skin, yes, but beyond that too. Since I started using pros, I've noticed consistently healthy hair. Even with all I put it through with the heat tools and the hairsprays to get this pompadour sky high, it smells great, it looks fancy on the shelf, and I like that it has my name right on it. This formula is made for V. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. From millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely yours or mine. And pros isn't just better for you. It's better for the planet. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription at pros.com slash feverdream. So get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash feverdream. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash feverdream. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. Whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of the things I like to buy on Etsy have little dachshunds on them or are four dachshunds. Dottie's got a whole litany of new sweaters and harnesses and all kinds of fun stuff that we get lots of compliments on when we're out on walks. A gifting moment is always just around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Another extremely upsetting weekend behind us on various fronts, chief of which, of course, is the mass shooting in Monterey Port, California, which is a predominantly Asian-American community east of Los Angeles. So the 72-year-old man, believed to be responsible for fatally shooting 10 people and injuring many more, died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound after being stopped by officers. 
this is all in morning announcements as well, but authorities are working to identify a motive still. The man had frequented the dance halls he targeted. He'd even given dance classes there. Uh, he was he was an Asian-American male. At the second dance studio he targeted, the 26-year-old owner, I believe, was able to disarm him and get him to flee. The shooter was using a magazine-fed semi-automatic assault pistol with an extended large-capacity magazine. That is not allowed in California. The shooting came after the first day of Lunar New Year celebrations, and I I know probably like our listeners are really eager to get names to be able to honor the people that passed away. That is taking a while because a lot of people in this community do have strong ties to countries in Asia still, and authorities are working to contact them and inform the family members with time differences and logistics. It's just been challenging to do. This is crazy. We are 22 days into the year, but this is already the 33rd mass shooting in 2023. A mass shooting, I believe, involves more than five people. It's just chilling that, you know, you wake up on a Sunday morning. It always tends to be over the weekend, you know, because people are gathering, people are doing things. And that really is, obviously, we've noticed this trend of shooters targeting, you know, events that are supposed to be filled with like merriment and joy. But I mean, it does make you really, really just, you know, people that follow us are like, that don't live in this country. They're like, how do you go grocery shopping without being terrified? You know, the mass shooters got to go to their nine to five, so they, they're a little busy. Uh-huh. But um, no, I complete. I completely see your – yeah. How do we live? I don't know. It really is not um, normal. And I think that, like, let's say historically, if there is a future this far in the future, you look back 200 years, you're like, what were those crazy people doing just allowing this? Um it's it's inhumane and I, I whatever you want to blame it on like the, the confluence of factors the availability including the availability of guns you want to call it mental illness you want to call it whatever it is the fact is it's a problem and no one is going to do anything they, they these just get reported as like um, here are the events that happened, but there's never any action. Like there's never even any like belief that there could be action. And that is what makes these things so terrible to even just talk about too. Yeah. And it's just so disturbing that we're in a place where any kind of large gathering that's for merriment or enjoyment, you know, this is like an Asian community celebrating Lunar New Year. It's supposed to be really fun. It's supposed to be the kickoff of like a fun, it's like 12 days of festivities and cool, fun family stuff that's supposed to happen. And we can't have any large gatherings without this like shadow over top of it. And, you know, we don't know why, what this guy was motivated by, whether it was something within the community, whether it had to do with these dance halls, whether like we don't know. But the bottom line is just that anyone with any motivation to do something like this can carry it out with impunity in the United States. And that's the problem. It's been the problem. It was the problem this weekend. It was the problem with every other mass shooting. It's the problem with all 33 mass shootings this year. And it's going to keep being the issue at the center of all of these events. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like you said, Sammy, there's always, you know, you can say with this, okay, You can claim that it wasn't hate-motivated because it was an Asian male. I mean, clearly these people were targeted. Uh, You can say that this gun was banned in California, but he still got it and shot these people. But at the end of the day, with all of our countries, like, 
ills. The proliferation of guns makes it so much easier to uh, exit this world and take a lot of people with you. Like when you have nothing to lose and you're done, like, and you have access if you just have to drive across state lines to get a deadly weapon. It's just, it's simply too easy. It, it, it should be much, much harder to act on that instinct. And in this country, it's nearly effortless in some places. Right. And like, do you really think that the people who lost their family members or someone that matters to them, do you think they care like where he got the gun or what type of gun he used or why he knew he, he lived it? in America and he could get yeah. it easily? Right. Yeah. Why he did it. Like, that's why even when we talk about, you know, gun control measures, I'm like, yeah, obviously going to support 100%. But the truth is that there are already so many guns in the country that this could happen every day forever and you could never run out. Like, Apparently so, it's happened more than more than once a day because yeah. we've had 33 in yeah. 22 days. Yeah, yeah e- exactly. And yeah, I mean, it's just it is. It is. It tears, I think, at the fabric of society, and this sounds so subjective that we're so kind of like woo-woo, to just have it to have to enter your mind when you go anywhere public in a crowd that you need to sort of be alert, that mm-hmm. you're inherently at risk. And I'm sure, you know, anyone who's ever been, a, been in a crowd in any other country, I'm sure – I know it has occurred to me like that innate that that instinctual like oh my god I'm in a crowd be careful mm-hmm. but then I follow up with like oh but no one has a gun here mm-hmm. so nothing's yeah. everything's at least I know that's not gonna yeah, happen yeah but then I think about crowd crush yeah at least that's not gonna <laughs> happen. But, yeah. but like crowd crush sure but I'm talking not about in a grocery like, store yeah in a gro- in a mall like right. that that type of thing like you're not gonna you you just know that. There's not going to be a gunshot. Yeah, probably. I was. I saw it like a TikTok that was like it was just like you know those TikToks that are like I just you know just being a girly, just like grocery shopping with my music on and my head and my noise canceling headphones at the grocery store. And so many people commented, "You must not live in America," <laughs> because and like I do listen to stuff in the grocery store, but it's never occurred to me that like I just assume I would hear a gunshot. But that was interesting. I did not expect to see those comments. Well, I think with. And also, you know, when you're somewhere and you hear like a, a sound and you're like, oh, is yeah. that a gunshot? That is – someone should study the overall mm-hmm. impact of these things on people's um, – you know, I don't know if it like really affects many people's actions, but I imagine that that's not like good for the system. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how that will play out, but I'm I'm sure someone is studying that. So also over the weekend, yesterday, Sunday, marked the 50th anniversary of Roe versus Wade. And what could have been a triumphant occasion to celebrate 50 years of the constitutional right to abortion was instead a moment to reflect on the degradation of that right over the last six months, which we've, you know, observed all three of us really close to me on a piecemeal basis. Um, but when you sort of zoom out, so much has happened over the past, you know, six, seven months. 24 states either have or are likely to move to restrict abortion. 12 have near total bans and a handful more have imposed bans before 20 weeks. And with Roe, you could not do that. There are also a bunch of states where laws are just sort of like in in motion. They've either been paused or for whatever reason, providers are not comfortable providing abortion at this time. But um, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a weird vibe yesterday. But also I saw a lot of people pointing out that there has been tremendous progress made. You're not going to have progress made necessarily in in Mississippi, like you would in Maine or Colorado and Michigan. But I think I've definitely seen the sentiment that 
Obviously, the decision is devastating, but Roe was never sufficient. And we're definitely on, you know, a a really long project to build something better. You know, just like in Hollywood, a girl can't stay relevant past 50. So oh, like, precisely. So 50 sad. and not thriving. You know, to your to your point, that's a really good point because there, I mean, even in other countries, they're now trying to add the right to an abortion into their constitution. So to your hopefully, you know, we're just gotta kill off the last of the uh Christo fascists, not literally kill FBI if you're listening. Um, you know, we just gotta kind of wait that out and hopefully the future can be more free in the reproductive realm. Yeah, um, I wanted to shout out, and I sent this to Amanda, there's a really, really good article on Jezebel by Susan Rincunis. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. But either way, it's called We Deserve So Much Better Than Restore Roe, and it's about kind of reimagining, like, reimagining how we view abortion rights and reproductive care for the future. And it's hard because, you know, I do think that the rolling back of Roe was a political miscalculation, I guess you could say, on the right. I think that it has galvanized people for this right. I think it's taken a generation that was maybe like complacent in some of its rights and shown them, you know, they they can be taken away. I think it's scared even like, you know, cis male allies who look and see like, okay, hold on. A right was just taken away from people. That's not cool. You know, I think it's galvanized a lot of people, not just women or people who can be pregnant. Um, But at the same time, it's hard to like laud that while knowing that like women in these states that have bans are in a really serious situation and that multiple women have already like multiple like hundreds maybe thousands of women have been affected already by what has happened here um and so it's like i do think maybe long term this will be the moment that takes reproductive rights and freedom to the next level but the cost that it comes at is really high yeah yeah i mean it at it's, I guess I, I think it kind of depends how quickly we're able to turn it around, how high mm-hmm. the cost will, like, actually be. Um, but I don't know. It's tough. The next two years are obviously not going to accomplish much. Yeah. Um, it is just still stunning to me that, like, we live in this reality that we've been warning – we were warning about for so, so long. And I know as, like, a woman that lives in New York, I keep myself, you know, updated. I read every headline about a woman almost dying. But it is just so, so strange to see how far some people have to go. Like, we're going to talk about Wisconsin in a second. I'm sure you guys know – I mean, at least you know tons of people in Wisconsin. It's like, you what what the fuck do you do when you get pregnant in Wisconsin? And it's such an obvious question. But I, it, it, it still is – Shocking to me what people have to go through to end a pregnancy. And that's the reality that we've been in now for seven months. We all dread the what should we have for dinner question. I mean, I know I do. I love a home-cooked meal, but I don't always have the time, energy, or groceries to make it happen. Being able to feast on a delicious meal without the long prep and cook times is what drew me to Home Chef over the other guys. Home Chef's meals are effortless, so I can spend less time trying to be Top Chef and more time watching it. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. 
Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week and serves a variety of dietary needs, so you never have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and of course, free shipping on your first box. Just go to homechef.com slash fever dream. That's homechef.com slash fever dream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard that right. Homechef.com slash fever dream must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. So speaking about uh, Wisconsin, you know, whenever we do lament about this, people ask, what can we do to help? And if you want to help, I think all eyes are on Wisconsin right now. Protesters, so many of them, the Women's March said, come to Wisconsin. They swarmed the Capitol in Madison yesterday, head of state Supreme Court elections that will determine the fate of an 1849 abortion ban. This thing is still like in effect, sort of. Providers are not providing abortions as a result, and abortion is currently inaccessible in that state. Because the Roe versus Wade decision basically invalidated that law because it was like, you know, they have a right to an abortion, but it was never formally repealed. So it took effect after the Dobbs decision in June 2022. Republicans controlled the state legislature and have declined to repeal the law. I think it's so important to state that every time. Like, this isn't just Democrats trying to get something done. Like, Republicans at any moment could could repeal this, even just for rape and incest. There are no no exceptions for this. It's like you got to get two doctors to say it's okay. You can get an abortion in Wisconsin. Or they could write a new law that's not from... 1849 like if they were serious people they could write a new law but they want that that's what they're saying is they actually want want women to live under the laws of 1849 so they're like so they're just like yeah no let it stay yeah no notes no notes at all they're like convenient we have no updates we have no we we have nothing medically that we've learned to update this at all yeah. No reason. No we gas. can save Very. women if they're dying in childbirth, and we ought to. Interesting. 
the good thing about Wisconsin. How is he going to get more babies? Don't yeah. save them. Well, we're not going to have Social Security that's going to need to be funded. Oh, my God. Duh. So many. They, they always solve their own problem. They do. In Wisconsin, the governor is a Democrat and the attorney general is a Democrat. So they have sued. And they're saying that this is ridiculous. We, we have new state laws protecting abortion access that obviously supersede this one. But, you know, like I said, the Republican legislature, nothing's really happening other than this lawsuit has continued to make it through the courts and will likely end up with the Wisconsin Supreme Court which currently has a four to three conservative majority. But 2023 is an off-year election, but this is a massive off-year election year for Wisconsin because elections for the Wisconsin Supreme Court are around the corner. They're on April 4th, and Democrats do have an opportunity to flip the court and gain a majority. Not only is the majority for conservatives only 4-3, but one of those conservatives is outgoing, so they're going to lose their incumbent advantage. So it's a really, really good chance here. And that could ensure, I assume it would ensure, that the state Supreme Court rejects the 173-year-old law and returns abortion access to Wisconsin. Wisconsin's also doing some other stuff. They're trying to get an abortion access referendum on there, but the legislature can kind of mess with that. So that's not even uh, a guarantee. So now, you know, in order to and the state legislature there is cuckoo bananas. They have a really intense conservative majority there that, like, I mean, when Tony Evers took over as governor, they moved to, like, change everything about his job and oh what my he God. can do. I mean, they, like, have declared war on him. So they're not reasonable people in the legislature at all. Right. Absolutely not. It's your craziest neighbor. That's what yeah. your state legislature is made up of. Oh, God. Yes. I mean... Even crazier than like the House ones. I mean, and anybody can be George San anybody including George Santos or Guitar Hibache <laughs> can be can be in the House. Hibache. Yeah. We should, did you guys we watch should. SNL this weekend? It was really good. Yes. No, Bowen but I should. Did yeah. he, Bowen played uh, George Santos and Kitaro Ravache. And Kitaro Ravache. And it was oh, very good. And also, us. Aubrey Plaza was a really good host. Well, and there was a Joe Biden cameo. It was a very and seppy was, SNL. Yes. Yeah. Like real yes, Joe Biden. Yeah. Yes. He did. He was on SNL. Uh, well, he no, he didn't go on the show, but he did part of the cold open with Aubrey Plaza because they're both from Delaware, and they did oh, like a little bit about it. That's so cool for yeah, her. Yeah, and they shared it that... as a collab on social. How did I not see really this? And how did this knock not knock the documents out of the headlines? It's <laughs> <laughs> my question. I mean, I think it was because like yesterday, like I mean, I know on SUP that when there's a tragedy, I don't put funny stuff on feed, so otherwise I would have. But that's probably why. Yeah, maybe yeah. the other accounts agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Twitter was just like, we don't show Biden in a funny light. <laughs> no, absolutely not with the hero not. of the White Lotus. Certainly not. <laughs> So speaking of Roe, this is a wild story that Elise and I have been chatting about. Last week, organizers at Sundance made a last-minute announcement about the premiere of the documentary Justice, a documentary produced by Amy Hurdy about the sexual assault allegations against Brett Kavanaugh. So it was directed by Doug Lyman, who also randomly directed Swingers and The Born Identity. <laughs> but I guess not so random. His dad was chief counsel in the Senate's investigation to the Iran-Contra affair and was also like... Okay. involved in advocacy and the Attica uprising. like an investigative Nepo baby. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. This is how you it's use in your his Nepo. blood to investigate. He has yes. a natural affinity for investigations. Yes. And to make uh, a movies like Swingers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they have been secretly making this documentary for a year, and it includes interviews with Ford, Deborah Ramirez, and Kavimaz, some of Kavimaz, uh classmates from Yale. The documentary specifically looks into the FBI investigation tied to allegations from psychology professor Christine Blasey Ford that Kavanaugh sexually assaulted her while the two were in high school. And that prompted Deborah Ramirez, that's the Ramirez I was referring to, a classmate from Yale, to come forward alleging that Kavanaugh had put his penis in her face 
in college and people could corroborate this. I did not expect opening this article this morning that I was going to have to uh, confront uh, the words Brett Kavanaugh penis over and over again on my Monday morning. The documentary does focus a lot more apparently on Ramirez than Ford. Uh, Ford is in it briefly, but mostly they have friends of hers in it. They're just sort of like she's she's done and like she said enough. But you know, Deborah Ramirez did not have a chance to kind of publicly share her story. So she, there are lots of interviews with her. And one moment that the Washington Post called out uh, in her interview, she says she knows it was Brett Kavanaugh because she remembers his laugh, and that's something that Christine Blasey Ford also said in her public testimony. Um, that that was something that she could not forget. So despite 4,500 tips, because, you know, remember we were like, a lot of people were like, just do an FBI investigation. They were like, okay, fine. And they took a week to do it. They got 4,500 tips. And the FBI basically, you know, the week-long investigation didn't turn up enough to corroborate those claims and Brett Kavanaugh was confirmed. But the film narrows in on one specific tip that the FBI did not investigate in which a Yale classmate, I think his name's Max Steyer, and he was also the CEO of the Partnership for Public Service at the time, said he'd heard about Deborah's account and knew people who had seen the event. So he didn't say he saw it, but he said, I know people that talked about this and that it happened that you can talk to. And not only that, but that person said they'd heard of yet another instance of Brett Kavanaugh sexually assaulting an inebriated woman in a similar fashion. The FBI responded to the documentary by saying that the White House determines the scope of the investigation, not them, and they can only look for what they're asked to find. So notably not a, we did look as hard as we could. And, you know, the directors say they're looking for someone to buy and distribute the film, but they're also working to investigate new tips that they've received since the premiere. Are they having a hard time finding a buyer? I don't think so. I think the guy, I think the guy just made a joke because he was like, maybe Brett Kavanaugh will buy it. <laughs> Cause like, maybe uh, that was like a reference a to kill? like, yeah, yeah. Well, also, like, don't, isn't there, you know, we don't know who paid Brett Kavanaugh's credit card debt, whoever that no, is. Oh, yeah. We certainly don't. Maybe we bought it. But at least Double I were chatting meaning. about this this morning. And that moment that he was confirmed was definitely among the saddest of the Trump administration for me. And um, it is interesting to see um, the potential for this all unfolding again, should should there be even more tips and more people come forward and say that, you know, I, I'm the person that told Max Steyer that, you know, who knows? Can someone buy this immediately and distribute it? Because I need to see this. Yeah, like, I was I'm like, me to watch what, immediately. what streamer is going to get this one? I will be watching and re-traumatizing myself. Exactly. Um, and if they don't, why not? Yeah, I well, I'm sure that this is going to get picked up right quick by one of the many, many, many streaming services that we have here. My guess would be there's going to be a bidding war on that one. Documentaries are like huge right now. Documentaries re-examining the recent past are huge right now. This is obviously an enormous story that everyone remembers from just a few years ago. New information makes it wild. The only, I mean... He's still on the court. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's still made... I mean, he just... Uh, was part of the decision to roll back rights for women that had existed for 50 years. So it's uh, definitely a must-watch documentary. Yeah, it. I'm. Let's get this. I, it's also interesting because I had not. You know, I think everyone sort of associates Christine Blasey Ford as the woman with this story, and I had for I had not. I didn't really remember the Deborah Ramirez piece of it um as well so i'm actually i mean as terrible as it probably will be to hear the story i think it's actually really important that her testimony is essentially 
record it somewhere. Yeah, and it's just, I don't know. It sucks to like mentally go back to that time because it was such a disturbing thing to watch unfold. Amanda and I were talking about it today, and I just remember like watching Blasey Ford's testimony and finding it to be so emotionally moving and just sincere, and then watching his, you know, infamous meltdown and knowing that even though it wasn't sin- like, even though it was a type of male anger that I'd seen a million times before, I was just like, there was this part of me that was like, this is going to be successful, unfortunately. Like him crying and yelling and saying, I drink beer is going to be more successful than a woman just kind of quietly recounting her story. And it's unfortunate. It was very unfortunate and sad to watch it play out. Um, It'll be interesting to see what comes out of the documentary. Unfortunately, this man is on the court and to get him off. He's never going to get off. Yeah. I mean, to get him. There are so many people who need to be removed from the court. (laughs) Yeah, you can impeach a justice. They've done it before, I think, or they've tried. Yeah, yeah, it takes the same as a president. So, you know. And then they would, not that this matters, but you just know that they would. Like, maybe we do do that because then you force the Republican Party to make Brett Kavanaugh a martyr. Like, they would be saying it forever. They still do. And they probably still would, even if all of this was like corroborated or more people. I mean, I don't know how this many people come out with the same story about you putting your penis in their face in college and you think absolutely no, no, not not a single one of them are telling the truth. I think that we're more likely to get an expanded court than we would to get Kavanaugh off the court. Yeah. Yeah, it's really tough. It's really difficult to get someone off the court and like – I mean, Kavanaugh should never have been um, put on the court. These allegations should be enough to get him off the court. But we already have someone on the court who's actually worked towards um, an insurrection, whose wife is linked towards an attack on the United States Capitol, and that person remains on the court. So I'm like, if we can't get someone who is like visibly compromised off of the court, there's no way that this would get Kavanaugh off of the court, even oh if my God, it came yeah. out. Even as blo- as like bombshell of a documentary as as it is, and will be, and like these people have this Deborah Maria, Ramirez and Christine Blasey Ford have a right to like have their stories told in full. It's not going to result in the removal of anybody. I I agree with you, but I do I do have some hope. That like if the illegitimacies of numerous members of the current court are sort of – if it reaches a, a tipping point where the public is sort of just like – and we obviously gain the levers of power available, not just available but like the public opinions in in this, in favor of this and you have the right people who are willing to like actually take that step, I do think that these – you know, cascades of stories, whether it's like a really effective um, demonstration of these allegations or, you know, more information about Clarence Thomas and the insurrection. Mm -hmm. If you keep kind of like chipping away at that, eventually we could get to a place where policy and circumstances could align and the leadership could align in a way that they will fix the court problem. That's my hope yeah. more than like yeah. impeaching. So yeah, you do have to say impeach or like you have to say these things to to basically like point out that it's mm-hmm. necessary mm-hmm. regardless of the likelihood of it 
to happen because ultimately, like, eventually we could get a different solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's also a world where we pass some laws about the lifetime appointment of it all because that's, you know, another element of this that is just so crazy. And it's like that's a kind of workaround to get some of these people off of the court sooner. I mean, Brett Kavanaugh is a young man, which is part of the reason why he was selected. But Clarence Thomas is not. Um, so, you know, maybe this could spur like more creative solutions to the issue. Like you're saying some legislative workarounds. Yeah. I wish we had heard more from the white house about like what actually happened with his little like commission to talk about reforming the court. It sounds like they wrote him a research paper and he was just like, I got to deal with the loans now. But I think you put that, you both put that perfectly. Like eventually there will be enough will and enough information out there to sort of like allow for a very narrow tweak that maybe might make some of us feel, feel a little better. That is the end of our show today. Please, please, please remember to rate and review if you love the show to bump us up. People are looking for new podcasts at the beginning of the year, so it's great to have us in those rankings and we get there if you leave reviews. So if you haven't left a five-star review or you normally listen on Spotify, but you have access to iTunes, go leave one there. It helps us out so much. Until the end of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. And for Sammy Sage and Elise Morales, this is the Betches of Podcast. Bye. The Betches of Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sasmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sasmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at suppod at betches.com. Betches.